It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to Tactical Sovereignty's weekly call, the Matrixic Discussion Group, on this beautiful Sunday, the first day of the week. Not the seventh day, not the Sabbath, like I always say. And, you know, that alone itself is just going to come into play tonight a little bit and uh, be part of some important perspectives to look at and things to think about as to really what's happened through time. Um, I'm just going to run through some basics because I have a lot of people that contact me and it'll probably still continue happening, but I get messages saying, oh, should I do this first? Should I do that first? Uh, Is this important to do? Is that important to do? And a lot of the different things, different processes uh, to me, and some may play some importance with each other, but through logic and reasoning, you should be able to come to that conclusion yourself. And at the same time, your own feelings and your own attitude on what you're doing uh, plays a big part into maybe the order that you do things in or the importance that you view things at. And a lot of little steps, I'll tell you, a lot of the little steps that I did took me maybe a month or two to hash and rehash in my mind as to whether or not to do it or how to do it uh, regarding its importance or how it could affect anything in the future and how, say, the pros outweigh the cons, Okay. One of the things that happened to me uh, growing up is I I think, you know, in my early teenage years, I went through the same thing that a lot of people go through. And we hear about um, kids having this identity complex issues and different things such as that. And for me, I I look at it a little bit differently, and maybe it is actually what they're going through. it can be called identity complex, and I, I could fully comprehend that. But the way I looked at it was, you know, I would be thinking and say to myself, you know, why am I here? And, I mean, that's that's a huge question everybody has. There's nothing new to that. But it's, you know, I didn't ask to be here. Why do I have to do one, two, three, four? And to me, that was the issue. The issue really wasn't why I was here. I didn't ask to be here. Boom, all of a sudden I was transplanted here into this air quote reality. But my issue was why do I have to do steps one, two, three, four? Well, why am I forced into the public indoctrination? Um, 
was fortunate for myself. I went to a private, quote-unquote, Christian school uh, my, my entire um, educational life. And so I wasn't really subjected to a lot of things that are taught in the public schools. But, you know, I, I looked at everybody else. Why do you, one, you know, 15, 16, you get your driver's license, then you graduate, then you're supposed to go to college, then you're expected to get married, then you're expected to start a family, and um, then you're expected to buy a house, and you've got to pay your taxes every spring, and this and that. And to me, it was like, who's in control? What's really going on here? How am I born into a reality that is preset? Um, I've got a uh, WordPress, actually, where I throw a few articles in there. It's just kind of a little blog thing. And um, in there, it's uh, Brian Parker, Tackle Sovereignty, but the name of it really is uh, Self-Determination in a Predetermined World. And we're in a predetermined world. And to me, that's the frustrating part of it is that if you don't follow those steps, one, two, three, four, whatever, you are looked at as being the oddball. You're looked at as kind of an outcast. Um, There's a lot of people that have comprehended what's really going on, and they may say things in court that are not the norm. And what happens, the judicial administrator automatically calls to, you know, have a psyche valve done on them, you know, Evidently, we didn't indoctrinate this one well enough. You know, we need a psyche well done. <laughs> and but that's even kind of the way the world looks at you. Um, for people that know, um, I've worked in casinos most of my life, and currently I, I deal poker, Texas Hold'em, whatever, Omaha, you name it. And there's a group of people yesterday sitting at my table, and they're talking about the shooting that happened down here in Broward County. And everything they're saying is all talking points straight from the news. And I'm sitting there going, aren't you guys questioning any of this stuff? This, I mean, there's some things that definitely don't make sense. Aren't you going to some other alternative sources that are actually showing the testimony of some of these kids where they're telling you what really occurred? I mean, it, it just it was frustrating to say the least. But, you know, in, in looking at everything being set up and predetermined and you've got to follow it, just like everybody else around you is following the program and, like, the people before you have followed the program, it's like, okay, I think the most important thing to do is ask yourself certain questions. I don't know if anybody follows QAnon on, online and some of the posts that he does on 4chan. Well, I don't know if it's a key. I assume it's a key. But all he's doing is he's just asking questions. Because all the questions, you tie them together and you come up with answers. And, you know, I, I remember the questions that came in my mind. Where this has been predetermined and set up for everybody. Well, who's done it? How do they have the power to do it? How do they have the power over me to do it? You know, is that correct? Should they have that power? How did they get that power? But because they can't just take that power. And just taking power like that 
that is essentially slavery. Every, that power has to be given over to him. How did that power get over to him? Uh, the power has been given over to him through a promise of benefits, protection, maybe in a safe country, this or that. Well, when people bring that up, you know, being in a safe country, all I ask them is 9-11. That's all I have to ask. But along with those benefits comes liability. And it seems like the liabilities have so outweighed any benefits that we may or may not receive that it's not an even contract. It's very far from an even contract. And so in looking into these things and seeing how it's all set up, my mindset was, all right, how do I exist? How do I be in the world and not be part of the world, not be part of the game, not be one of the pieces on that Monopoly board, but still exist and exist in honor and not be a tyrant and a terrorist and Oh, we got to go after them. We've got to get revenge, you know. No. Revenge and warfare, that's their game. Uh, Those are the games they play. Those aren't the games we're supposed to play. Look back even in Scripture. You know, Jesus, Yeshua, whatever his name was, where it existed, whether it didn't exist. You look at that character and what he did. And... He wasn't about going after anybody. He just separated himself from them. And when they came to him, he asked them questions. Actually, a lot of questions they asked him ended up painting them into a corner, and he didn't appreciate that very much. But that, so looking at that was, okay, how, how do they have the authority? Where do they get the authority? Well, they, they can only have authority over something that you own. And you can really own something only if you have created that item. And that's really what they did with the person. Okay? I think that is the hardest thing for people to get over is the whole name issue. You know? You're not the name, all that stuff. Run from the name, Data Gaia, all that. Yes. And, and, and really come to grips with what really occurred. Because until you comprehend that, you're never going to find your solution. You can run from it all you want, but it's still going to exist. But to me, it was a lot smarter to take authority and take power, possession, which really are the two elements of ownership, over that name and over that entity. And that way you can move it into a different jurisdiction if you want. You can do what you want with it. You can dictate what it stands for and what it is. Um, and I, I think the best thing to do coming into that was, was the authentication of the certificate of live birth, uh, because there is just too much evidence out there that that is the title to the person. Kind of like the title in your car, well, that's the title to that fictional entity. And through the authentication, uh, which is referenced also in 28 U.S.C. 1733, uh, that becomes the original title. Well, the only man or woman that can do anything with a title is whoever is holding the original. And so through 28 U.S.C. 1733, it shows you that the authentication proves it to be 
as the original. Uh, even in U.S. courts, which is just funny that some people are getting them back and it's said on them that they're not allowed to be used in U.S. courts. I find that kind of hilarious. But one of the next things I did, um, because the authentication process can take a little bit of time. You know, you order your certified copy, you wait for it to come back from the state you were born on, and you send it back to that state for it to be authenticated, wait for it to come back, and you send it to the federal level to get authenticated, wait for that to come back. Uh, during that time, one of the easiest things to do, I thought, was to take care of the voter's registration, okay, and to rescind that original application. One of the things that people need to comprehend is that every society is based on two pillars, two main pillars. It's the kings and the priests, right? And like we see the priests, we see the state's priests, they're in every county. It's the biggest business there is. It's called the courthouse. That is their religion. And they've got their own God that they follow. Uh, the one nation under God that they talk about isn't the God that we think it is or that we falsely presume it is. And taking care of uh, the voter's registration really will knock out both of those pillars. And one of the best ways really to uh, show that that I saw evidence of is that well, when you're voting, you are voting for one of your kings. You're going to vote on whoever's ruling over you, all right? And my main thought in my head, the main problem in my head, was that I saw what our kings were doing worldwide, and I don't approve of it. I don't want to be a party to that. Uh, who am I going to vote for? Am I going to vote for who's going to kill the least amount of people overseas and potentially maybe even the least amount of people in my own homeland? No. That's not a correct choice to make at all. Now, I know that system's going to continue to exist. That's part of someone else's plan, and that's just the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. But that does not mean that I have to be part of that. All right? So... While I was waiting through the authentication process, I rescinded the application for uh, voter registration. And, you know, I also need to caveat that as well as some extra info because there's a lot of people that say, well, I've never voted. I've never applied to vote. Uh, well, many states, if you apply for a driver's license, that's equivalent of applying to vote. And they fill you on the voter rolls. Or if you're liable for property taxes, they throw you right on the voter rolls. Um, I've had people tell me that they've never voted, never applied to vote, blah, 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 this doesn't apply to them. I said, fine, where are you from? I've gone online, I've found their name on the voter rolls. Their names automatically get put on through various different means and methods. And to me, the most important thing, even if your name isn't on the voter rolls, that's not the real point. What you really want is a piece of paper in your hand from them saying that you are not part of their society. You're not part of their 
legislative society, which also means you're not part of the judicial society. Because if you've got that piece of paper in your hand saying that you are not part of the voter system, you're not part of our legislative system, you can also take that piece of paper and send it to whoever gives you a summons to appear for jury duty, and you'll be dropped immediately. Those two killers run hand in hand. They have to coexist. Uh, look at the Social Security card. You'll see those two killers right there, one on the right, one on the left. Those are the two doors of society. <clears throat> and also along the way, getting in and really reading what was said legislatively um, from the time of Lincoln uh, through the time of the Bill of Rights being written and comprehending what the words meant that were being used, what they really pertained to, I went and became ordained through a non-501c3 organization. And I know there's some people talking about, oh, you can go through a 508, whatever, da da da. Uh, and it, but even the Moors, the Moors uh, Temple is under a 501c3. But if you look at the documents for any church or establishment, hey, you know when I say any establishment, guess what? The NFL is a 501c3. How many people know that? Okay. And you look at their documents, and it'll say they are formed under the IRS as a 501c3 or as a 508. Well, I'm sorry. If an organization is formed under something, well, guess who can pull the plug on that organization? I mean, I don't think you have to be too sharp to figure that one out. So I became ordained under a non-501c3 group, which is uh, Universal Ministries, I believe out of Chicago. And a few people made the mistake. uh, They go online and they see Universal Life Ministries. It's not the same one, and they are a 501c3. In fact, at one time, they were housed in the Church of Satan in New York, right? So, yeah, I would kind of stay away from that. We just want plain universal ministries. Because in, in looking at doing that, and I looked at the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. And the first sentence of the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights said that Congress shall make no law establishing, or it shall make no law respecting any establishment of religion. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, okay? And a lot of people look at that and say, oh, that's your separation of church and state. I'm sorry. That isn't what they meant. That couldn't have been what they meant because even in the early days of Congress on Sunday, guess where they held church at? They held it in the halls of Congress every Sunday. And in fact, there were sessions. They spent many sessions where they did nothing but review chapters of the Bible. Okay, so that's not what they were talking about. What they were talking about was the bare fact that there's two things running parallel right now. And those two systems are the systems of, I know people look at religion, man-made, da-da-da, and and that's true. It is. I'm not sure really why they use that word, but that's what they use. I think they were looking at it more as a matter of spirituality. 
because they're saying, have you chose who you're going to serve? If you haven't chose who you're going to serve, then, okay, all these sentences and amendments after this, this is for you guys. But prior to that, if you are established yourself as to who you're serving, then, okay, cool, you're all set, you know. So they needed to write all those extra amendments and all the other code and statutes to govern the people that can't govern themselves. You know, you watch some of these things that happen um, the past few years where there's been riots and thing, and the people come out, they're upset, they're tipping over cars and burning them and burning businesses and stuff. I'm sorry, you guys are acting like a bunch of children. You are proving right there that you need somebody to govern you. That's all you're doing. And you're defeating your own purpose. And, you know, I would mentioned that I started looking really from the time of Lincoln. Because uh, if you go back to the General Orders 100, known as the Lieber Code, that was commissioned by Abraham Lincoln to write, and was written by uh, Sir Francis Lieber. And look at Article 53. Article 53 says that the standing army... And guess what? We have a standing army. You guys see them every day. Um, they're wearing badges, stars, and a flag on their arm. If you read the Army handbook for uniforms, nobody is allowed to wear that stuff unless they are in the military. So we have a standing army. But I said there that if the standing army should encounter anyone who is a part of clergy, that they are not to be looked at as the enemy and have to be released unless they want to stay back to minister to the rest of the POWs. So that was the main reasons that I had growing for becoming <clears throat> ordained. And besides, I, I, I felt that it was also a step in obedience to the Creator, um, whoever you may want to think he is. Um, I've got physical evidence that has happened to me that I can show that it's not necessarily who everybody thinks. But anyway, moving on. At the same time, I started looking at things from the state's point of view and looking at it from the perspective that really that name was handed over to them by the mother and father to create the birth certificate. Normally, the mother uh, gives over the information, which legally information is defined as knowledge of a crime, okay? And part of that crime was that there was a child born out of wedlock. So according to the paperwork, they don't tie the mother and the father together. There's no union of them in the paperwork. And that's why the state needs to step in and see parents patrie and take over that role as father, and they're going to hold that name and they're going to administrate that name until the rightful owner comes forward. <clears throat> well, I went into looking into the registration of name, and we hear all the talk about registering the word Regis and returning the word of the crown and this and that and everything. And, and to me, in this instance, it was just a convenient word probably to be used because that paperwork can be found with, I think it was three or four other documents. They all existed in the same place. The other documents were the marriage certificate, um, a death certificate, 
I'm trying to think what the third one was. But it, it was all things that just pertain to the man itself. And so I went ahead and I went under the fictitious name registration and did that. And they sent me a document back saying that you are the owner of the name. Didn't say that I was an LLC or a limited partnership with the name. The state had part control. No. It said I was the owner of that name. And I even thought more about that, you know, let's look at the word Regis and things like that. And so I went back into the site to see if I could find more information regarding that. Well, when I did that, I'm looking around. I'm like, I just did the registration like a month and a half ago. Where is it at? I can't find it. I'm finding all these other businesses that have, you know, uh, the surname that I use is Parker. And so I found like Park Service, all this other stuff. I couldn't find Parker. And I thought, oh, wait a second. When I did it, I did it unincorporated. These are all corporations. And that's when I went back and saw that it's held in the same place that the death certificate is all that, the marriage license is all that, and things that only pertain really to the man or woman. You know, and, and doing that as well, it's like, okay, well, if you really hold the name, which I, I want to say as well, you know, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, receiving letters from supposed creditors who claim that yield and money and things like that. And the answer is always, oh, well, you write back to them, uh, I refuse a contract, no contract, da, 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 all that stuff. Well, legitimately, you really cannot do that unless you have possession and control over that name. And it really belongs to you. That puts you in a much better position to do that because you can say, oh, that's my business. You're interfering in my business. I don't have any dealings with you. Unless you can prove any dealings with me, then we can't move forward from here. And so I also uh, did the copyright for the autograph. As you cannot copyright a legal name, I see this over and over, and it's evidently people have never tried, because you cannot copyright that legal name. Um, you can only copyright things that are, uh, say, music, books, works of art. There's like five categories. So I copyrighted mine as a work of art, because it is a work of art. I remember when I was very young, I spent a lot of time thinking, okay, how do I want to design what I'm going to use the rest of my life for an autograph? And it's kind of funny because at that time, gosh, what was I, seven, eight, nine years old, I went back and I went and was reading, like, who signed the Constitution. I was looking at their cell, uh, Hamilton. Hamilton had a great cell handwriting. So I, so I copied a couple things from him, a couple things from Benjamin Franklin, and kind of came up with the handwriting that I was going to use and the autograph that I wanted to use and, and follow it from there. And I, the more people dig in and study and learn a lot of these things, and learn about how different corporations work, we learn about the 
arguments and the tug of war really that happened between, say, the, the King of England, um, or France, or between the Pope, everybody vying for control. And it really came up to who's going to get a piece of the pie, of which pieces who's going to get, how are we going to section this off, and make sure everybody is happy, and still keep the king happy enough that he feels like he's still going to go to heaven at the end of the day, because that was his worry. <laughs> and we get into, you know, the soul, the soul of man, which is all that supposedly that the Vatican was really worried about. And it's all that the King of England was really worried about. And people want to say, well, you know, the souls have all been sold. You know, there was a birth certificate, this and that. Your soul is sold to the Vatican. They're the ones that ultimately hold it. Which is true, and it's not true. But it's, it's just part of the whole word game they play. Um, in English, if you look at soul, the soul that's within you, your spirit is S-O-U-L. But if you look at it from the corporate standpoint, it's the S-O-L-E. The S-O-L-E is the heart of the corporation. The Pope is the corporate soul to the Vatican. And so everything has been kind of mirrored is what's been done. Um, the devil is a great imitator. I think everybody's learned that. And that is exactly what's been done. Um, uh, everything's been mirrored from one image to another that looks so close you wouldn't know the difference. Uh, just like a picture that I showed comparing your church auditorium or your church sanctuary to a courtroom. I mean, it's just a mirror image. It's all set up the same. all has the same elements. Most people don't even know what those elements are, what they symbolize, or where they came from. But they're all the same. So this is just all things that they've done to coerce us into their system, their system of commerce, their system of intercourse, because that's what they really want. And, you know, we heard, you know, since you live all, you know, oh, fornication's bad, you need to wait till you get married to have sex, this and that. And without really even comprehending what the word intercourse means, intercourse means the giving over of the body. Well, do we not surrender the body? Uh, do we not stand in place of that birth certificated individual, i.e. taxpayer, i.e. U.S. citizen. We've really fallen into kind of a fog, not really realizing what we're doing. You know, I've I've given this uh, example before, and actually, this kind of fits perfect. Um, If those of you listening to this right now, just kind of look around your room and look at all of the items that, I think what's the common color, green. Okay, look look for every item that's green and kind of stick that in the back of your head. All right. Now, close your eyes. And try and remember every item in the room that you saw that was red. You can't do it. It doesn't happen. Other than just your memory maybe of things that are in the room. 
But it, it, that, that's exactly the way the whole system works. It's got everybody looking in one direction, kind of playing the old rope-a-dope Muhammad Ali on everybody. It's got everybody looking in one direction when we really need to be looking in another. And to me, when it's, at the end of the day, when it comes right down to it, the important thing is is that we know that we've done what's right, but we know that we've burned and gotten rid of those contracts. We've rebutted those contracts that we have set up with this other empire, with this Babylonian empire, because that is not the direction that we should be following. It's not where we're in our strength set. Um, Yeshua said, you know, things that I have done, you will do greater. Well, I'm sorry. You're not going to do greater as long as you're staying underneath the umbrella of evil. Bottom line. That's just the way it is. But there was a bunch of noise, and I had to mute everybody, and so I'm going to go and hit unmute here in a second. Uh, One of of the things, though, that comes down to all this information, once everybody learns it, one of the things that people come across is they're like, oh, uh, they say, well, this was all fraud. And then they learn about fraud and look up the maxims of law regarding fraud. And, and they see, oh, well, a fraud vitiates everything. Oh, that means all, all the stuff that was done doesn't mean anything. It's all bullshit. I don't have to follow it. No, you still do. Void, just because it can be voided, doesn't mean it's void. It's not void until it's rebutted. That's why you see the statement that says an unrebutted affidavit stands as truth in commerce or as truth in equity. Because the things that were done are the fact, it's what's been done, as long as you don't agree to it and follow along with it, fine, it stands as truth. But it needs you to come forward to void it. I came across something a couple of years ago, and um, I went and did a reprint of it last night, and I actually put it on WordPress. And I was looking at the, the fall of Rome, okay? And I'll end my little stupid rant with this, because this is something people really need to think about. Uh, it was written by Alexander Taylor, and I don't remember exactly when it was easily over 100 years ago. But he gave the eight steps to Rome's fall. And it's not really just the steps to Rome's fall, but it's the steps of the fall of any society, okay? And, you know, I I was watching something on TV here four or five years ago when I watched TV, and I was actually talking about Rome at the time. And it always kind of stuck in my head. Because one of the things that they were showing that was occurring in Rome just prior to their fall was some of the entertainment festivities that they were doing. And I'm sure everybody's going to think that I'm going to talk about, you know, uh, people being fed to lions and bears and that kind of horrific crap and people fighting each other till their death. No, that's not what they were showing at all. What they were showing was that different great chefs were coming out and they were having these great big banquets and these great chefs would come out and prepare their own dish and show their show off their best dish and their talents. And the people would vote 
on who the best chef was. We've been seeing that on TV for, gosh, the past, what, almost 10 years maybe? And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's just such a parallel. And um, so this article by Alexander Taylor was a great article as well. It was the eight steps to Ohm's fall. And I want people to kind of stop and think in the back of their head where they think that America might be in these eight steps. But also think about where you might be because we're all at different positions. And I'm very sure that those of us on this call are at a much different position than society as a whole is. But here's the eight steps. One was, in the beginning, they went from bondage to spiritual growth. Number two, they went from spiritual growth to great courage. Number three, they went from courage to liberty. That's where that word liberty a lot, don't we? Number four, they went from liberty to abundance. And we've had some very prosperous times in this country. Uh, number five, <clears throat> they went from abundance to complacency. And you know what? That's just naturally what happens. When you've got everything that you want, you quit caring about anything else. You, you become complacent. Number six, they went from complacency to apathy. And, you know, complacency is definitely a slippery slope to apathy, to not giving a shit not only about your needs, but about your fellow man's needs. Number seven, they went from apathy to dependence. You know, I think with the amount of people that have been on food stamps and things like that the past few years and an increase in that, we're definitely seeing that step from apathy to dependence. When people lose their job, what's the first thing they do? Well, I need to go sign up for unemployment. What? You're dependent? You're going into dependence. If you're independent on the state, and guess what? Guess where your liabilities lay at? And you're going to complain but when they mail you for a speeding ticket? Oh, anyway. Number eight, you go from dependence back into bondage. And that's just the natural order of things when you stop and think about it. It's the natural order of so many countries. Countries generally last about 200 years. We're there. Well, maybe not waiting, but U.S. Inc. is there. U.S. Inc. is there. That's something to think about. Uh, so, anyway, I'll go and open the lines back up, and hopefully everybody will be somewhat civil and have too much noise in the background. All right. You all know you're going to need it, I'm sure. So. Um, if anybody has anything to say, just uh, say if I may and let us know who you claim to be and where you claim to be from. <clears throat> and I had to mute everybody in the beginning or in the middle, actually, while I was speaking because somebody was wanting to butt in with something. So now that everything's unmuted, if they want to butt in, feel free. <laughs> 
I just think some of these items, you know, especially with the eight steps of Rome, are, are things that people really need to take to heart. Um, we've heard that if people don't know history, then they're doomed to repeat it, and that's exactly what it is. We, we see repeats. We see cycles over and over. Everybody's whole existence on this planet has been very cyclical. And if you don't follow that cyclical pattern and figure out how to correct it and how to break that pattern, it just keeps rotating around and around and around. And I'm not really sure today that people are really happy with the pattern that everything has gone in. And to me... There's one easy answer to that. Break the cycle. Just break the cycle. And the only way to break the cycle is by breaking your mindset, breaking your thinking. Because only by breaking your thinking are you going to be able to break your actions. Um, I had a friend uh, here last week or so. <clears throat> I got a phone call that uh, he had passed away. And here about 10 years ago, I know that he knew in his heart that the lifestyle that he was living wasn't the best. And that it was kind of a dead end. And that he had to change things. And he did. Um, He said it in his head. He changed his mindset. He quit hanging out with some of the people he had been hanging out with because if you don't do that, you're not going to change the pattern that you're in. Uh, Unfortunately, about five months ago, four months ago, he moved back up to his home state, which is a northern state. And I'm very sure what occurred was he went and met up with his friends. That's what everybody does when they go back home. We'll see your old friends and stuff like that and probably slipped back into that same situation. And uh, that was probably his passing away. That was probably the result of his passing away. He was much younger than me. It's all about changing our head. And we can't change other people's head unless we change our head. Anyway, anybody have anything to say? Speak up. Otherwise, uh, we could end this. Uh, we've done almost an hour, about 15 minutes. <clears throat> and I don't think I could stand to listen to myself talk for more than 15 minutes. So. Hi. Can you hear me? Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Hi, this, this is Lisa. Um, Kind of had to bring up, you know, seems like the same old kind of redundant things that we keep having to stumble over, and it's like a brick wall when we're dealing with um, our opposition. Kind of look at it that way, but <clears throat> I'm in the middle of a speeding ticket case here in small town, Texas, and Justice of the Peace makeshift little supposedly courtroom where it's just you against all of them. And it's a different, you know, it's different if you walk into a city, municipal, whatever, courtroom, 
well, there's a bit of an audience, you know, and what you're going to say is going to be heard. And they either don't want it right. to be heard, so they dismiss you, or whatever. <clears throat> this is basically just like, oh, nothing you're saying is making any sense. Oh, that's not how it is. Oh, we totally have jurisdiction. Oh, we don't have to show you that. Oh, we don't have to give you that. No, they just blow me off, laugh in my face, roll their eyes, and found me guilty, you know, when basically I was showing them at every point they were actually making my point, like the whole thing I, you know, initially my, what I was trying to bring, you know, I could pay $500 for the stupid speeding ticket, but it's the point I'm trying to make. You know, they wrote it out to the name, and I was trying to show them there's a difference about the name that was at pre-trial. They said, nothing you're saying is making any sense. Come back next month for a trial. I said, well, let it be known I do not plea. I'm not pleading. I'm not able to plead. So they proceeded to send me my bench hearing um, presentment, not in the computer-generated all-capital name, get it out form, but the clerk, county clerk literally wrote me, uh, uh, typed out a personal letter with my name in the correct format. So I whipped them back an affidavit saying, well, you just proved the point of the facts that I brought <laughs> at pretrial. You know, all the things you said didn't make any sense and didn't matter. You just <laughs> capitulated to. No. Of course, they ignored, they ignored that. <laughs> and then, you know, I had challenged jurisdiction. And they just said, well, we have jurisdiction in this area. And I said, well, it's not the area I'm worried about, you know. If you have jurisdiction over me, you have jurisdiction over this subject matter. Well, we do, and we don't have to show you. I'm like, well, this isn't a court of record, and I need it in writing. Well, we're not doing that today. I said, well, then nothing can proceed until we do. He just brushed right over. You know, it was like me against the sheriff that wrote my ticket, the county clerk, the justice of the peace. None of these people have name tags or placards. You don't know who they are. You're just supposed to assume that that's the judge and the constable and no one else in the room. So, you know, how do you even attempt to come up against that, you know. I've heard that at this level, they're never going to be able to do anything. You almost have to get it to the level where you can appeal it. So it's halfway expecting the outcome, and I'm just, but I don't know. If I appeal, am I consenting, you know? Do I do I send them a thing saying, you've basically, you know, proven my point, case dismissed? I mean, what do you do? I don't know. What do you do? Well, my opinion Again, just opinion, not advice, but I mean, well, we know that what they're really dealing with is they're dealing with the legal entity because that's all they can deal with because they created it. And so that's the only thing they can have jurisdiction over is that legal entity. And like they said, we have jurisdiction in this area, and at the time, you were in that area, right? So um, when... And so many things go back to this, but it is the heart of everything, was that when I went to the Capitol, I went up to Tallahassee here in Florida and sat in the governor's office and talked to those attorneys for probably 40 minutes, no matter what was said, what they really wanted to know is, okay, you, you want to remove the person from the jurisdiction of uh, the empire of the corporation, but what flag is that entity going to be flying under? That's really what they cared about. And the reason why they care about that is because, okay, if you're taking that legal entity out of USA, state of Florida, whatever the case may be, 
then we need to know who we need to be dealing with uh, for any interactions with that entity. And that's why I went back two, three years back, went back and looked again at the government of the United States of America and saw what they had done. And I looked at it way better than I looked at it the first time and saw that everything was put in place that needed to be done. And I haven't had any legal problems, court problems, in which to utilize that with, but there are members of tactical sovereignty who have had issues and who have um, really become part of that government and their problems go away. The courts dismiss stuff because they don't have jurisdiction. Uh, In a situation like that, it's, uh, it would be, I mean, 100 and 1,000% against, like, the law of nations for one country uh, to reach into another country and try and, and put charges against somebody else's um, resident or somebody that lives there. Hello, Brian? Yeah, hold on. I was, I was talking to Lisa right now. Does that help you at all, Lisa? Well, so you're saying you have to establish yourself as a foreign national or you have to establish yourself as a separate nation or, I mean, how do you even do that? I mean, I've done my DBA. I've authenticated my birth certificate. I've got my MCO to my car. You know, I've got, without prejudice on my driver's license. I mean, I don't know what else, what, what, what am I, I know there's more I have to probably do. I'm just trying to do the things I can as I'm learning them. Seems like it's all well, right now, I did the voters registration thing. I did <laughs> like I don't know what to do. Well, Should I get a passport? Well, right now, How do you get a passport? I don't know. Well, right now they're seeing you as still being one of their subjects. They're still seeing you as operating the legal entity that they created. That they want you to be a representative of. So as a representative of that legal entity Take that legal entity, move it out of U.S. Inc., and move it into the government of the United States of America. And I've got links for that in the group. If you go to the search bar and just put in claim your nationality, you'll find it. Uh, what did you say, nationality? Yeah, put in claim your nationality in the search bar. Oh, uh, claim your nationality. Okay, it. yeah. Yep, and you'll, and you'll find a link. Because that's one of the biggest problems right there as well is that if people are losing in court all the time and they have no idea what's going on or why they're losing in court. And, you know, it's like in court or even with forms that you sign every spring, check the box, I'm a U.S. citizen. Uh, okay, well, how are you a U.S. citizen? Just because you're born somewhere, I'm sorry. No matter what they say, oh, that's BS. They're blowing smoke. That does not make you a U.S. citizen. In fact, there is no definition of a U.S. citizen. You can find a United States citizen, but you'll never find a U.S. citizen. And so people are claiming a faulty position right off the get-go. It's like you are, for instance, it's like you are walking into Walmart, tapping a cashier on the shoulder and saying, you can go on break and I'm going to take over for you. And you're claiming to be an employee there. When you've never done anything to become an employee there. Uh, they're basically like causing us to commit fraud by the, putting something out there that's not real, but we don't know that when right. we're agreeing to it. Exactly true. Exactly true. 
you got it right there. So it's, it's like you're losing by default right off the get because they go in, they ask you your name, you give the name. Uh, good evening. Say, so, uh, oh, my name is Charles Weber, and I would like to order a uh, gift check, hey, please. Charles, Charles, I'm talking to somebody right hey. now, if you don't mind. All right. So, um, I could have somebody pick it up tomorrow. Here? Are you open tomorrow? You need to be muted. <laughs> okay, I can have some. All right. Sorry, I had to mute everybody because somebody, I guess, sounds like they're having a personal conversation with their uh, mute off. Um, but. Lisa, um, what state are you calling from? And I'll unmute everybody. Okay. Right. I'm in New Brunswick. Uh, I'm in New Brunswick, Texas. You're where? And the, New Brunswick, Texas, but the case is in Fayette County, Latonia. Oh, so you're in South Texas? Yeah. Okay. Four, two, okay. five, uh, eight. Give me just a second here. This guy's giving Zero, his credit card number. Okay, are you there? Two or one. Um, uh, okay, so I thought I had yes. you on the board, but evidently that wasn't you. Uh, oh. I actually, I actually should have left him on so he could give his credit card information to everybody. Seven right. point six, <laughs> five zero, five one zero, okay. three zero, we'll four seven. Maybe you don't have a way to drop a call from your end, I guess. Well, I will either pick it up or I'll have uh, one of my family members pick it up. He doesn't I'm, know that. If you're open, what, about five o'clock to eight or nine? She's here I can't tell who he is on the board. Anytime after three would be great. Okay. This is re- <clears throat> ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, You've got to be mindful when you get on these calls to monitor your mate. Okay, that sounds great. Try to be very mindful of that. You're welcome. Okay. I know. That's part of, that's part of fun of doing a live call, I guess, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Evidently, he's not mindful. It's rude. Do you um do you know anything about the Republic of Texas? Is that a way of maybe claiming the nationality by um No uh, you, you know, um no you wanna go through uh let me see. I've got Rance. Rance is on the board. Rance, can you post the government of the United States of America to the board? Um as well if you like I said, go to tactical sovereignty and go to that search bar at the very top of yeah. the page. And if you give me a second, in, I will, Brian. To... All right, thanks, bro. And you type in claim your nationality, you'll find you'll find the link for it. Okay. Yeah. And you can also go and print off your documentation after you get done with that, showing that you've moved yourself and your legal entity out of US Inc and put it uh, back where you thought it was originally. 
that's the thing. Everybody, everybody thinks that what was established by the Constitution and Ben Franklin and all that is what we're running under. Well, right. we're not even running under what they said we were running under. Right. They were deceiving us as well at the same time. If I may. Is it the endless? Yeah. Do you want What's the one uh, with uh, Mer- the United States yeah. of America, 1781? Claim your nationality? Yeah. That's the one you want? Yeah, yeah, just that whole uh, embassy page because it has everything on it. Okay, working on it. You then need to Bluetooth device. Hello, Brian. Hey, just... hey, what's up, bro? You know who this is, right? Uh, I've got a pretty good idea, but <laughs> it's good. <Yeah. laughs> I guess you don't know, Brian. How's it going? Uh, Lisa, this is, uh, I'd like to know, when is your next court date? Um, well, I just had the bench hearing on Friday. They found me guilty, so as far as I know, they're either going to send me a, a bill for the $500 I think I owe them, or, and I'm the one that's got appeal. So um, I guess I've got, what, 10 days to do an appeal? Or I just, what I'm wondering, it's like, if I appeal, aren't I consenting? I mean, what do I do? No, um, this is Lamont. Uh, what Brian has told you is, is correct. Is uh, it's the preliminary, um, you know, procedure that you have to, or uh, process that you have to go to, to to protect yourself. Since you since you've been found guilty, you have to do an appeal or um, withdraw your consent to the whole uh, motion sequence. Um, their jurisdiction. There's there's maybe a template for withdrawal. Of consent that Brian can get you. Well, and, and I did start. that the whole way along. Every time. Oh, wait, I oh, sorry. Did okay. Stop. Oh, wait, hold any on. Any piece of paper oh. or said anything. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So <laughs> hold on. So if that's the case, and they ignored your paperwork, then that yeah. the clerk, the clerk of the court, and a judge are in uh, <clears throat> in dishonor of your withdrawal of consent, and they railroaded you to have an order that uh, you were not that you were not a party to the contract. Since, since that's the case, I would suggest that you file into the county recorder office or into public land records or a miscellaneous filing in federal court, your authenticated birth certificate, your affidavit of truth, a.k.a. affidavit of fact, your withdrawal of consent, and have your copy stamped from the clerk of the court, either from the county recorder's office or from the public land records. And that's how you start an agriculture lien. Or if you file a $60 or $80, 50 bucks, maybe in your know, county, for a miscellaneous federal uh, index number, for a miscellaneous filing in federal court. It's not, it's not intimidating. They, the clerks are very bored. The state courts and federal courts are very bored. They, they rarely see people who are not lawyers pop in there and ask and request a miscellaneous filing. Follow what Brian Parker has to tell you, and then get your copy timestamp from the clerk of the court that you have all your instruments. I think you listed a whole bunch of instruments that you filed in the court record. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So those those have to be full circle. You have to complete you have to complete the cycle, and there's many many different avenues to complete the cycle. There's not one trick pony to this. So once again. 
get your copies uh, time stamped from the clerk of the court at one of those one of those three different entities uh, the county recorder's office public land records or um, the uh, miscellaneous filing filing in federal court take that down to the uh, the court that rules the order of uh, against you the order uh, being um, that you're found guilty and that you did your administrative remedy process uh, in a proper way and I believe there's rules of canon and that they violated in the clerk of the court title 18 rules I don't recall off the top of my head but if you email me or send have Brian Parker give you my contact information I can send you some information uh, as a courtesy to write it into your affidavit of truth that you you've defaulted them and they um, ignored your uh, withdrawal of consent there's also something called two things well several things one's called the 3949 internal revenue service form uh, where you can report these uh, criminals to the Internal Revenue Service. Um, 39, hold on. So this is... An, this is an, correct. So the 3949A, um, dismiss and ignore, do not complete Part 1A. Start off with 2A because you're going to report first the district, district attorney's office or the public, or the or the uh, the prosecutor, whoever's the opposing side of the litigation, your your adversary, your enemy, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. public defender is also going to be another one, and these are one-page hot hotcakes, and the address to where to send it to is right on the bottom of the 3949A as an Apple form. Is it mm-hmm. very easy to fill out? Very easy to fill out. Again, if you have questions. Get with Brian Parker, and he'll be happy to give you my contact information. There's there's a description part of the part of the 3949A where you will state that um, these um, public officials are uh, suspect of raiding your uh, exemption account, prepaid account, for unlawful enrichment through these motion sequences that they call a de facto courtroom. And you write down the docket number, the arresting, the arresting charge number, mm-hmm. and you write down the index number. You also will fill out on each one of these 3949A forms, one for the judge, one for the prosecuting attorney, one for the, uh, the, the provost officer or the marshal or the arresting officer. He gets one too. Mm-hmm. And, you get one, and you get one for your... I hope you fired him, your public defender. If no, there was, I never if had you, one. They never even offered one. So. Okay, good. So in that case, you want to give the judge his own and the prosecuting attorney his own and mm-hmm. the provost marshal or whatever you described it to be. And you might the have sheriff a fourth one. stopped me. <laughs> of course, the sheriff gets one too. If you have their, if you have their, uh, what's, Brian Parker may be able to help me out with this. If you have their um, employee identification number, that'd be great to put into the incorporated, incorporated and listed in that form. You know, so you want to nail them too, and that's that's another avenue mm-hmm. uh, as part of uh, putting a three, a complete a complete closure to the situation. Um, well, and so you're saying instead of doing an appeal. 
Well, no, the, you you would have to do an appeal as well. I'm, I'm okay. just making sure you, you you would do that. The, the appeal process will have um, your withdrawal of consent because you have an appealable order now, and whatever you, whatever you put into the appellate court, you are the appellate now in the in the appellate court. So okay. you, you, there are you will also in your affidavit of facts you will state that this court on this date um, uh, um, abused their discretionary powers. This judge abused their discretionary um, duties and powers by rendering a order where you clearly have um, uh, validated evidence or irrefutable evidence that you're not part of their contracting system, that you're not part of their officials, that you're not an employee, and blah, blah, blah. Whatever you have you know, put in the courtroom already will be appealable mm-hmm. for that. Lamont. Yes. Lamont, if I can mention a couple of things here, and I'm, I'm going to go against a couple of things that you said, all right? Um, <laughs> uh, let me give a little explanation to you. The 3949A sure, form, the 3949A form that goes to the IRS, what that is, it's a whistleblower form, because the courts are making shitloads of money off um, every case that is brought before them. Do you think they're paying taxes on those? That income? The, no, they're not. Of course, they're not. They're not. They're not. That's why I recommend doing that form. Right. Well, and especially because a lot of them are listed as nonprofit. Well, if they have boatloads of money coming in. No judge wants to be the judge of a case that the IRS investigated that brought down a courthouse. A, fr- a friend of mine up on Illinois uh, reported a courthouse, and it, see what this goes to. This form ends up when it goes to the IRS ends up going to the CID department, and the CID department is the enforcement arm of the IRS, where they're alerted, "Hey, we're supposed to get money. We're not getting." So they send these guys and. Um, they normally attack within 10 days, okay? Um, the part that I would disagree with is that I say you only send that 3949A to the IRS and you keep it very simple. You just list all the identifying numbers for the case and everything and say, I think there is fraud here and unreported earnings, um, and unjust enrichment. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Not, we're, we're in the same. I, we're in the same right, ballpark. Right. But I'm saying I would not send a 3949A copy to the sheriff to anybody else, only to the IRS. That's correct. That's why. That's why I said the. Yeah. That's why I said the address. The address is person, but they all go to right. the IRS. Right. You don't. You don't. You don't yeah. notify these. You don't notify your right. enemy about you doing this. Definitely no. not. You, because the address is gone. We're 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 all clear. We're all on the same page. We're we're in we're in sync. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You don't want to. I may have misspoke, but you you want to put down exactly the thing verbiage that uh, Brian Parker just laid, laid out, plus um, his uh, unlawful enrichment at the same mm-hmm. time and fraud, and uh, now, sending out. E- there's, now there's also a two eleven form. Now, right. with that 211 form, you do that at the same time. Now, what the 211 form does is it kicks you back a percentage of money that they have received. If it, they were supposed to pay, say, $1,000, for instance, I, I know that's a high amount. It would be for a big case. But say, for instance, if they were supposed to pay $1,000 in taxes and didn't pay that $1,000 in taxes, 
because of the way the courts operate and then have to pay that back to um, the IRS slash Federal Reserve slash IMF, then I, I think it's either 10 or 15% that you get back off from that with the 211 form. So you mm-hmm. actually get money back. Is it true that at this level, somebody said at this level, um, traffic, justice is a piece, that a bond isn't even, isn't even created? That there's yeah, oh, I wanted to say, I want to say as well, when you do the appeal, you mentioned that no defense attorney was even offered. Right. Well, that is supposed to, that's normally one of the first things they do. And so I would mm-hmm. include that in the appeal because that right there is a big thing because that falls under the UDHR, um, Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which is what they're really operating under right now. They're operating under international law. I've been saying this to people yeah. for years, and now the past like year and a half, people have been using it, and now they're winning, even with cases um, um, referring to children and their property. They're starting to win mm-hmm. by That's using right. international law because... December 9th of 1945, Congress turned all offices right down to the dog catcher over to the United Nations. So the police officer on the street is an officer of the, of the UN, of the United Nations, and he doesn't even know it. Well, I noticed them about all of those um, statutes and requested their oaths, and they laughed at me and rolled their eyes. They were hired well, taking oath, but I said I wanted their oath after they first after they refused to prove jurisdiction, then they refused to show their oath. But my paperwork right. has a list of all those statutes that proves that their oath is to the UN. Uh, you you right. win on an appeal then. You 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 definitely win on a, an appeal because you've already put um, substantial information and evidence on the record in the record. You you may want to do a purpose uh, Title 18. I'm sorry, Title 48 waiver, so you don't have to pay for the transcript if there's something that's written in it, there's something that was discussed, or they, they violated your rights, if they violated your due process rights, they they violated mm-hmm. your equal protection equal protection rights, and they and they ignored your paperwork that you part, that you presented as your as your presentment, oh, and yeah. uh, and and, and, per, and perhaps and perhaps the sheriff, perhaps the arresting officer didn't uh, present a proper presentment of a affidavit of fact to be in- included into the arrest um, order. I mean, I'm sorry, into the into the arrest order. So perhaps perhaps the um, the presentment, which is the um, the AKA indictment in this, I believe would, if correct correct me if I'm wrong, is a municipal court. Correct? Is a, is a municipal court? The court that I went to, or the appeal court? No, you're not in appeals yet. The court that you just, right. the court that you just it left is just it a, the justice of the peace. Is it a municipal court or a circuit court? Do you know? Uh, it just says justice of the peace precinct three. I mean, literally, the guy didn't have a robe on. He didn't have a placard in front of him. I didn't know who he was. So someone. Oh, okay, you were you were okay. Right, you were you were in a you were you were you were you were you were involved. You were involved, and you. Made a special appearance, or I don't know if you how you how how do you worded your paperwork? You made a special appearance or a special visitation. I just said I was were, only presenting myself. Okay, so you were in you were in, you were in a administra- administrative law yeah. judge. 
Yeah. He wasn't wearing a black robe. He was a no. ma- he was a magistrate. He is okay. a glorified clerk. So right. you can you can just you can write that in your appeal that you were making a special visitation, all rights retained, all rights reserved, mm-hmm. and um, you know and Brian can fill in the rest um, of that case. So we're we're pretty much in sync. We're pretty much in harmony with our our, our advice to you. Um, I wish you luck, and I'll Thank I'll you. yield the floor. Yeah, I would like to maybe email you, Phil, because I took some notes, but I don't know if I kept up with all of them. So I may be hitting you uh, up for clarification just a little bit, if that's okay. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Just go to Lamont Cassell on Facebook. Lamont Cassell, I'm the uh, Baron Sambini uh, Amalgi. If you want to go to Lamont, L-A-M-O-N-T, Cassell, C-A-S-S-E-L-L. There's a Baron uh, Sambini um, you know, profile. If you Thank want, you. or just or hit up uh, Brian, and he'll he'll give me a shout out or give you contact information. I'll, I'll use the floor. I'll use the floor. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. Yes, I may. Yeah, you got you got Lamont, and I'll, I'll send you a link for him. <coughs> Sorry. As well, I wanted to add that when anybody is communicating back and forth with the court system, one of the things that you want to do is. You don't want to refer to them as like uh, the court, the court of Rochester County, or anything like that. What you want to do is you want to get on the Security and Exchange Commission site, and they will send you the EIN number for that corporation, and you refer to them by their EIN number mm-hmm. because that makes them really nervous. That makes them really nervous because they're like, whoa. This is somebody that could expose us as being nothing but a business. You know what I mean? Um, right. A lot of people that I've talked to about this who have done that, uh, the stuff gets dismissed, and then they go back and they get the records from the court, and the courts go and they detract. They black out all of the lines where it shows, like, their EIN number and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just want to add that to it. Wow. Uh, and if there was somebody else that wanted to bounce on, so... Thank you so much. If I may. No problem, though. Yeah, how are you doing? Um, I have a, I guess, case similar to hers, um, but and I've also been convicted. Um, I actually just got out of jail a few weeks back. Uh, while I was in jail, I filed the 211 form and also the 3949A from jail. Um, and then, um, but, all right, what happened in my case early on, First off, I, I mean, I went in and obviously the first night I would, the first appearance, I was shackled. Um, so I couldn't really do a whole heck of a lot then, uh, considering, you know, I was basically under duress and forced into the court. My second appearance, I went, but I would not go beyond the bar. And I did tell them I do not consent. Uh, you know, I'm not sure to and all that. I asked them to bring the bond forth so that I may, you know, see who you know, will indemnify me because I've been injured now. And, um, you know, I, I, at that point also, I told them I was only there on special appearance. Um, I, what was it? Um, I made myself, I think, the special uh, occupant of the um, estate, of the secedent's estate. Um, you know, and actually the, the first time I was in court when I was at the um, arraignment, I did tell them that I am Sujuris in propia persona. Well, they continually 
put in the in the you know court record that I'm pro se and I have to keep you know correcting them. Um, and of course, this this judge is constantly trying to force people under an attorney. Well, because he couldn't get me under an attorney um, on that second appearance, what what happened? I mean, he kept trying to order me to come up to the bench, and I kept telling him no. You know, so. I mean, this went back and forth, so I just decided I had enough, and I went to leave. Of course, I was arrested and for contempt and and held and dragged before the judge. Where again, you know, he started asking me questions, and I kept telling him, "I do not consent. I do not consent." Every every question he asked me, my response was, "I do not consent." You know, and so then they dragged me back to jail. At that point, so I went through all this. What happened was. All right, now I'm in contempt. What they did, um, they brought me back to court that afternoon where then I started interrogating the judge, asking him what kind of court this was. Because I got, you know, I mean, I don't even know why they brought me back to court. Well, what they did was they set me up to put me out, put me in and hold me indefinitely for a competency assessment, which they did. They held me for two and a half months. I got out in August. Well, then I, you know, then, oh, at the competence, competency assessment, I was declared competent. <laughs> and then he said, well, I don't think you understand the law, so therefore I'm going to, you know, basically put you under this attorney. You know, they were trying everything they could to get me in their jurisdiction. So they forced an att- a court-appointed attorney on me, which I did not want. And um, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So they had a competency done on you. But then mm-hmm. he disagreed with what the psychiatrist mm-hmm. or doctor, whoever, <laughs> that is hilarious. Yes. And so, you know, I'm looking at him like, wait a minute. And, and again, I'm in shackles, okay, because I had been in jail all this time. They bring me back to court. Um, and I had forced his hand because I had done a habeas while I was in um, jail. And, I mean, there was another woman in there that was in there for like ten and a half months for the same thing at that point. So I'm like, oh, they're not going to be holding me for ten and a half months. So, all right, he forced. All right, when I went, got dragged back into court after the competency assessment, um, he forces one of the, you know, one of his little, you know, court-appointed, you know, bullies on me. So they put me on the side of the court with her, and you know, we go back and forth. And I said, no, I do not have to have a driver's license. I'm not a driver. You know, I, I'm, I'm a traveler. I have the right to travel. And so we're going back and forth. And then in the end, I mean, they were like, here, we'll drop everything. We'll give you um, time served as long as you get a driver's license. I said, no, I'm not getting a driver's license. I don't require one, and I won't get one, no. I'm, and I'm not going to make a deal with the court. So, you know, I mean, um, also, when I was in jail, I had no access to anything. There's no law libraries. There's no law from I had access to nothing. Um, I also had... Yeah, I know. Refused I know, my- I've been in there too. Okay, so that was two and a half months taken out of my case. So um, after debating with the, the attorney on the side of the court, she says, well, do you agree to be under the jurisdiction of Oklahoma? And I flat out said no, you know, and she didn't know what to do at that point. So then, you know, we leave. Oh, I was thrown out of court that day also. I, I think that's the day I was thrown out. No, it was the next month. Um, so I go, you know, I mean, I went home, I, I had to bond out again, okay, because obviously what he had done was he had suspended my bond and he had 
suspended my case when they held me indefinitely. So then the bondsman didn't want to, you know, keep my bond, the original bondsman, so I had to bond out a second time. So more extortion. So then um, I went back at the end of August. I had, and then um, I ended up, I fired the attorney in writing. But when I went back at the end of August, I had, I had assigned him as the trustee of the estate. I mean, he flipped out. He was like, no, 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 you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so he's like losing it. And then, you know, of course, I oh, end up with another you tried to do a you tried to do a okay. form fifty six on him. So essentially, what happened was um, I got thrown out of the, court, the courtroom that day because I was sitting in the back reading. He said I was talking, and I got you know basically escorted out of court. Um, oh. I got convicted. All right, a few months later, then they did a motion in Lamine um, to not allow me to utilize anything saying I'm sovereign, and and also they had to. They had to question me because I fired their court-appointed attorney. So, did you, you know, did you sign the did you sign the did you sign the judge or the magistrate your trustee or the attorney your trustee or both? I signed the judge the trustee. Okay. Did you did you file a, a um, power of attorney an indemnity bond in the in the court? Have you filed any your? Okay. Have you filed a um, have you filed or did you file a um, <clears throat> a form a form FS 56, appointing the judge as temporary fiduciary for that particular caption case? Have, no, I did not. I didn't have I didn't have the information for the Form 56. That's pretty easy um, to do. That's, that's pretty easy to do. You can still do that. Okay. And, and, and because you've been uh, already um, a, a bill of attainer, a bill of attainer has been rendered against you, as they mm -hmm. call it in, in their language, um, you, um, you, can, you can crush them with a uh, amended uh, uh, habeas corpus um, with the fact that you were under a body attachment and uh, you have um, they violated your rights under um, under United Nations uh, Convention as okay. Brian Parker just mentioned because um, you, you want to go to you want to mention the higher you want to mention the higher the higher echelons of their violations the higher power so, no. Thank you. So, so the higher power, the higher power first, which would be your 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 connection to the to the to the to the divine spirit, mm -hmm. God, or, and that you you they violated that. They put bill of attainder and, bo and body attachment. This is this will be incorporating your amended habeas corpus, and okay. that um and you, and that they violated the United United Nations Geneva Convention, and as well as United Nations rights of uh, rights of uh, What's the word? What's the phrase? Par prime. Um, it's like it's like UN Charter, United Nations Charter. I think it's not uh, the UDHR. Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Right, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So that's the hierarchy. That's the upper echelons. Okay. Then okay. You, then now, what happened is obviously I went to trial. I got convicted. I mean, the majority of the time, for the last, I think. Um, probably four months of the, you know, of the time frame before my conviction was I was in jail. You know, I mean, a good portion of the time. I think I was out for maybe a month and a half, maybe two months at the at the most. I think I was out. I was out actually less than two months. So I really had no time to prepare, and I still went up against them and fought them. But, okay, I went to jail, did my time. 
um, got out early because I got a six month sentence, which was in on October 20th, got out of jail, like two and that almost three weeks ago now, um, because I was a trustee. And so I earned, you know, quick time, you know, my, basically I earned more time quickly. Um, what I did, obviously, like I said, I, I filed the, um, the 3949A and the 211, but I also, when I finally was released from jail, I filed, I don't know if you've seen the, um, call from yeah, the Marshal General. So did you do the 1040, uh, long-term care? 1040. I have, no, I haven't. But you should I do did, that too. I, I did do the, um, basically the complaint to the provost marshal general um stating that i don't believe the court has the what is it the letter of political subdivision they refused to give me their w-9 information um and that i believe that they're flying national colors you know illegally and so i did file that i i sent that to the provost marshal uh, general well yeah mm-hmm. it's sense of the provost marshal you're basically complaining to mom about dad or yeah. complain to dad okay. about mom. What well, you want to do is you want to go through the, you want you want to go to their higher powers, which would be the UN or the IRS. And okay. uh, the, like you said, with the uh, long term care that the uh, LTC, and you file that to get back the expenses that was paid in for the length of time that you were being held. Right. Okay. It's ten, I think it's a ten forty. Okay. I think it's a 1040 uh, long-term care. Uh, I think it's a 1040 LTC long-term care form LTC. And you file it. We file it. You file one against the warden of the penitentiary. And you file one against the court who rendered the order to send you to the penitentiary. And you send it to the send it to the um, the address on the form. You do uh, once again, like Brian mentioned, you do not inform them that you're doing this. No. No. Um, then, then, then there's a then the habeas corpus um, that I have because um, I, 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 Brian, a few people, a few people, people may know this. I actually draft and construct like a lawyer templates and drafts of pleading, pleadings and motions and writs of habeas corpus, writs of mandamus, writs of quorum nobis, and um, and um, amicus curiae, and I just send it to people if they, you know, work, work on an arrangement. And uh, I have a one that, um, uh, let's see here. Um, in your case, it was a criminal matter, um, and it, was it uh, was it a, a traffic stop or an assault or, or not not having a driver's license? It was a traffic stop um, based on my blinker didn't work. Um, although I use hand signals, it was at it was late at night, and it, it was a traffic stop. And I basically told them that I'm not a United States citizen. I asked for the affidavit of truth from the injured party. Um, I did ask for their bonding information and their oath of office. The reason I ended up in jail was because I wouldn't get out of my truck, so they charged me with obstruction. And that's, I only had two misdemeanors. Actually, the irony is I I ended up with a $100,000 bond at one point during this whole thing because the judge was, I mean, like literally wanted to make an example of me because I stood up to him. Very good um, for you. Very good. What what is your name? I I have a question. No, I have a question. I have a question about this whole thing, okay? Okay. Right now, today, where do you stand in this situation? What's happening okay. right now with it? I'm out of jail. I'm free. I um, did do the notice of appeal. I have already, I had filed, um, opened, and, and this is part of it. I had opened a counterclaim against them in federal court 
for deprivation of right. No, 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 no. I don't care about what you're doing. What, what do you is mean? being held over your head? What is being held over your head right now? What are you facing? Um, well, right now, with that case, it should be closed. But the, the, the issue is the reason I wanted to speak tonight was um, for the past couple days, like I think Wednesday and Thursday, I have the U.S. Marshals knocking on my door. For what reason? For what purpose? I don't know, and I really don't want to answer the door to find out, to be honest with you. And that, you know, would the letter to the Provost Marshal General prompt that, or the IRS com- filings? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, probably. Um, I, can say I, probably say, would. I would. I would. I would contact them and say, "Why are you knocking on my door?" Now, okay. right, right now, if you are if you are not facing any impending fines or jail time or anything like that, I, hey, oh, let I uh, let the freaking animal lie. If mm-hmm. I may. If I may, Brian, and what is your name? So you're not Lisa, are you? So what's your name? Uh, my your name, name is Tony, Tony Chester. Okay, so this is Lamont. So check this out. And this, this is a few things that can run to you, bye-bye you, that uh, a little, a little um, uh, option, options and avenues, if I was in your case. And this is not legal advice. This is just for edutainment purposes, yoki, yoki, blah, 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 all rights retained. Um, one is that that you can do a judicial notice. Uh, I would actually do a mandatory judicial notice in mm-hmm. your uh, federal case and also in your appeals case because you're going to be operating or you, you may decide to operate and run this in two particular venues. Um, and, you, and you're going to be working on like um, fighting them in two different venues where it's not really on your side. Because um, probably federal court is more on your side, more more pe- people friendly uh, than the appeal appeals division. But never, yeah. nevertheless, um, you're, going to, you're going to do a mandatory judicial notice not of 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 of, of the um, of a rod class versus North Carolina Transportation Administration Board where he won his case in 2010, I think 2011, in North Carolina, and you would take the, the judge in the appellate court and the judge in the federal court will take mandatory judicial notice that there are private officials in their associations or their union halls running a game as, as, uh, as highway patrolmen or policy enforcers, and they're not public officials. Rod class... If you're familiar with him, he's actually won his case and shot that down and clear the clear the road for us to take mandatory judicial notice or judicial notice of that case. I would not suggest you use it as an exhibit because they can the clerk of the court or some peon can rip it out and and, and discard it or ignore it. But if you have it clearly if you have it clearly titled as a separate instrument. Uh, from your motion or from your demand for recourse as a mandatory judicial notice, that's a key win. Um, then you have, uh, that's one arrow in your arsenal of arrows in your bow to hit the target. There's just one. The second is this. Um, there is also in the IRS, where we, we go back to Brian, the higher powers, um, is the identity theft form, the 14, I think, 039 form of identity theft, uh, which is, uh, I think it's 14039. I could be wrong. 
but I think it's for identity theft referral uh, for the parties that um, raided your account, your prepaid account, while you were incarcerated for that period of time. It's separate from, completely separate from the 1040 long-term care LTC form. So you you um, <clears throat> have those two instruments to, to give to the IRS. Then the other is the habeas corpus, um, where you're going to um, place in there uh, a petition for recourse and for um, recourse and for um, uh, attached with a fee schedule, um, where you will list a monetary amount per day of what you feel that uh, whatever dollar amount you feel Federal Reserve notes will will cut will um, restore you make you whole when they ran their game against you from day one from the first time you went to court uh, to to when you were incarcerated. Um, to even you, you file you filing your appeal process and that fee schedule, some is somewhere around and maybe in the uh, Brian Parker may have one. I don't know. So you may be able to find one. I probably submit one to you a template uh, of a fee schedule where you can run that fee schedule as a separate instrument um, in your um, your appeal case, and um, you have that um, the, the itemized amount of of, of uh, body attachment one fee. Bill of attainer, another fee. Incarceration at the um, at the facility, another fee. Um, research and um, research and miscellaneous uh, responses is another fee that you have in there. And the habeas corpus, uh, if you don't mind, uh, is a petition to recourse, a petition to remedy by a non-statutory writ of habeas corpus. Uh, Guaranteed under Article One, Section Nine, United States Constitution, um, and then you enter the Constitution and then you enter the writ of habeas corpus, Article Section, um, from void judgment, or you want to have um, a judgment in your favor for a quorum, non-judicial lack of jurisdiction of the case, and to be enforced by the state law, um, and, and that you mentioned the bill of attainer um, for your um, traffic stop. Issue mm -hmm. um, and that caused the, the that caused the injury to you and your and also the deprivation of your rights uh, and also deprivation of your property um, right as a as a as a human being or a woman living woman um, right and then you know so uh, of course and also you would put down of course so the violation of due process rights and equal protection rights um, <clears throat> then then there is also um, well the deprivation deprivation that all falls right under the UDHR, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Correct. You can but, go but you have a hierarchy. You can look at them item by item and list them. Number 12, number 15, number 14, whatever. So this is another, this is another one where um, it falls under, um, oh, where is it? Oh, here it is. This is, also, this is also for Lisa too, and anyone on the call who, who um, the court or the clerk denies even accepting your paperwork, or if the court, the judge doesn't recognize your paperwork. Um, uh, let's see, Supreme Court cases of um, the, the, the jurisdiction of the court. Of the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a case law, United States versus um, Lombardo. United States versus Lombardo, um, 
241, United States, 73, 76, 77. Um, I believe it's a, a 1916 case. And um, the uh, if the clerk or the judge doesn't ignores your casework, I mean, ignores your paperwork, this you, you can put this into your case law. But there's also uh, Title 14 violations and Title 18 violations that um, I have to research and give it to you. Or someone on the call, Brian, was able to chime in on those uh, Title 18 violations because they can't ignore your paperwork at the same time. Uh, running, uh, trying to railroad you in court. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's the bottom line that people don't realize, okay? And <clears throat> I would recommend to anybody uh, go back and read some of the writings from Quigley, okay? Uh, Quigley talked about rings within rings. Um, the author of Creature from Jekyll Island, I'm trying to think of his name right now, he wrote about the same stuff. And they said how they were going to run things. And you go back to, I think it was the third Godfather movie, where the wife was complaining. She said, oh, this guy's been pinched, this guy's in jail. She's talking to her husband. She says, I can't do this anymore. And he said, honey, don't worry. In a few years, we're all going to be legit. Well, they did. They did become legit. They all got into the court systems, into the government. They started appointing each other, their friends, and all of that into mm -hmm. position. Uh, which goes into some things that Trump has done since he took office. i talk about later on, probably. But... <clears throat> What it really boils down to is that it's not a governmental system. It's a governmental servicing system that is running everything. And either you're a member of it or you're not. That's really the bottom line. And if you're not a part of it, if you're not a party to it, then it doesn't apply to you. It's that simple. And, you know, you said you spoke to a lot of people within the municipality government and the municipality uh, court. Of course, those people are just as indoctrinated as your average Joe on the street is. They really are. They have no idea who they're really working for. And that's one of the reasons why, uh, like Lamont said, you need to move this to federal. Um, I'll give you an example on something. Uh, you go into your local district court or whatever over a mortgage, and you try and fight that old adage of show me the wedding signature, da, da, da. Well, you know what? They shred that immediately right afterwards. And your local district courts don't give a crap. What they're going to do is they're going to pull up a photo and say, oh, well, here's an image of where you wrote a check for the mortgage. Uh, of course, they ignore the rule of equity that similar is not the same. Okay? They ignore that. But uh, they railroad you over it. 
Well, people go and they move that, then from the district they move that to the federal court. Guess what? Federal court does accept <laughs> that rule in equity. That similar is not the same. And federal court does want to see the actual signature. They do want to see the agreement. They do want to see the actual contract. So you will get better results out of federal court than you do in your district. So Lamar is fully correct on that. I appreciate your help very much. Thank you so much. And I do yield. No problem. Uh, if I may, uh, uh, also, now one more for Brian, one more thing is Lamont. Um, you, you also could do a fee schedule <coughs> itemized on the, uh, on the, um, the, the awkwardness or the involuntary psychological evaluation of your mental competency time. The, the very first time that the, the, the past rendered a decision for you to be uh, held um, for a psychological evaluation of competency, competency test, you can run a fee schedule for that. And mm-hmm. also, you, you can also, and I tell this to my friends here in Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, I'm in a tri-state area, and I learned this the hard. I learned this not the hard way. I learned it from my my betters. It's called the uh, professional doctor's misconduct uh, guide, or professional doctor's uh, misconduct rule. Yeah, I think it's the professionals' doctor's misconduct rule, where um, <clears throat> under 6320, section 6320, I believe. Um, they can't, without your consent, put you under any type of competency, mental, mental, mental competency test uh, without your consent. Um, there's different sections that, that, that I believe is 6320 or 6520 of uh, that law that um, you can um, cite uh, in your appeal and also in federal court. That you obviously you do not you didn't volunteer to to go through. A, a, a process like that, even even though they rendered that you are competent, but the time that you were placed in that, that's another bill of attainer. Mm-hmm. So that's a separate fee schedule. So you have many you have many different itemized fee schedules for how they uh, railroaded you. In the, I think it's called the the the, uh, the physician's professional misconduct. Um, rules or something like that and um, I used to have it off the tip of my head uh, okay. I think it's section 6320 or 6520 I'll, I'll look for well, that Lamont, yeah. yeah I want to tell Lamont no you're a and I want to add to that as well is that I see people that are putting these speed schedules together where uh, they want a million dollars per minute for this a million dollars per minute for that <laughs> And and they don't comprehend that generally the only thing that's accepted is under $500,000 as far as the treasury is concerned. Right, right. Right? You you have to be modest. You have to be be modest and look, be reasonable, you know. Right. You have to be reasonable because a a judicial administrator looks at that and that, why don't you just walk in there carrying a red flag that says sovereign citizen on it? Yeah. Okay. 
Or, or uh, walk in there with a big red flag that says Timothy McVeigh on it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, the other the other interesting thing about the, the competency assessment, when they did that, um, number one, the answers that they put down were not my responses. They kind of tweaked what they wanted. And she also informed me that she worked for the court. So I was like, so how is of this even independent? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, of course, she does. You know what? You go back to the O.J. Simpson trial, mm-hmm. and uh, his his attorney, uh, gosh, he had like five of them. I can't remember which one it was now, but one of his attorneys every morning uh, during the freaking week of the many weeks or whatever of this trial, he would go in and he would get the transcripts from the previous day. Because he knows they change stuff. Yeah. And he didn't want to give them time to change stuff. So he would go, it was Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran, every morning, he would walk in and he would get the transcripts from the previous day. Get the recording. That way he knew nothing could be changed. Interesting. That's, that's, that's a very interesting, I mean, that that's a good thing to know, like, for the future also. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a court case here a few months ago where uh, the attorney came to me and he said, Brian, he says, I want to see the transcript. I want the recording, actually, from that court date. I said, no problem. So I ran and got it, you know, because he wanted to hear what was actually said because I told him what was said and it didn't freaking jive with what the uh, court administrator said it happened. And mm-hmm. he phoned it and he says, dude, you're right. You are totally right. They were all lying their ass off. I said, of course they were. But, hey, that's just the way they roll. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. It's their business. Yeah, it is. Well, anyway, what is it, nine? Okay, we're hitting two hours here. I, I I try and keep these calls. I had about two hours, just because yeah. I I know people don't like looking at a call and they see that it's four or five hours long and they're like, oh my god, don't have that much time. Um, so I like to keep on a little bit short, keeping that like around two hours. If anybody wants more information regarding any of this, you can contact uh, Lamont or myself through Tactical Sovereignty, or through Facebook. Um, contact me through WordPress. Um, Lamont, do you have any other avenues that people can contact you at? Yeah, through you, man. <laughs> they, they just go through you. You, you, you got okay. my uh, digits. And, um, uh, it's, it's professional. It's, it's, called, it's called Professional Medical um, 6530 Misconduct, um, page 310. It has all the uh, nuggets there. You may be able to download it. Uh, if you can't access it, I'll be all happy to email it to you um, a screenshot. Uh, just get with um, well, Brian, well, and Brian can post well, it. Maybe I can. Maybe I should post it. Yeah, I should post it on Sovereign Sovereignty. Yeah. Okay. I was. Yeah, I was just say, why don't you just post that to Textual Sovereignty, and then people can go into the search bar and just type in Lamont, and it'll bring you up. Yeah, I'll do that right now. All right, sounds great. 
Brian, have a nice little dude. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me to call, uh, Brian. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I heard a familiar voice in the background there. <laughs> Brian, this is Rance. Why don't you have Lamont yeah, go to the chat real quick before you hang up? Oh, yeah, I'm, here. I'm still here, guys. Go hey, the chat room? <laughs> okay. All right, before I end the call, I'll let you still in the chat room if you can, Lamont. I have another and call to go to. I can't, I can't, um, shoot, I can go in for like five, ten minutes, but I have another, another conference call um, under, uh, under Google uh, Hangouts, you know, the conference. But um, it's, it's Lamont Cassell, C A S S E L L, Facebook. It's the Baron Sambini uh, Voodoo Priest uh, uh, profile. And if you want to contact me through Brian Parker, be my guest through um, his his channels as well. And I'll, I'll post the uh, right. professional, professional misconduct. Um, but reach out to me that oh, way. Wow. Um, so you know, if, it, if it's a, if yeah. it's urgent, if it's urgent rants, yeah, because I want to I want to speak to you too, man. I definitely want to speak to you, definitely. But I have a conference call to make. Um, you have my Facebook contact. Or get it from get it from Brian, and we can chat later tonight or tomorrow. tomorrow. His president's day tomorrow, so I'm off. Okay, either that, Lamont. Just uh, when you're on Facebook, look up Rance McGee and do a friend request, and I'll accept you. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I got, I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, um, but once again, go through uh, Brian. But I'll, tr- I'll do my best to look, look you up because uh, you got that all that stuff with the car thing going on. I got more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's good hearing your voice, man. Yeah, yours too, man. <laughs> okay. Take care, everybody. Take care. Okay. Peace and love. Yep. Oh, Brian, okay, you got man. a lot of you got a, Brian, you got a lot of people still on this call. I think we should go a little further. Oh, no, we're still here. I haven't hung up yet. <laughs> but I was going to say, uh, if he sends his link over to Tactical, I'll go and tag you to it. All right. Appreciate that. I did throw out those two government sites on the uh, thing here, too. So they're in the chat right now. Yeah, and lots of copy them. Yeah, and I, I sent you a thank you for that, too. And, yeah, the people need to go and check it out. I mean, here's the thing. You know, I looked at a lot of freaking shit. I really did. And how to freaking escape the situation that we're in. And what I really came up with was we have to go back to what was supposed to have really been done. And when I found a place where everything that was supposed to have been done had already been done, I said, cool, I'm all in. I'm all in. Here I am. And that is the government of the United States of America, period. That 1781, whatever. Uh, I'm all in on this. Because... At the end of the day, it's all about taking care of the legal person. What You're supposed to be representing that legal person. All right? Well, as long as you're representing it, why don't you freaking move it to a different jurisdiction? Period. Which you can do. It's very easy to do. And the links are set up right here in the chat room for you to freaking do it. Um... If you're not in the chat, if you're listening to this call a month from now, 
go to Tactical Sovereignty, Administering the Estate, and type in the search bar, Claim Your Nationality. And it'll come up. Because you have to have a flag that you're flying under that's recognized by all these de facto idiots. And all these K-Guy people that say, oh, no, you don't. Just ignore it. Run away from it. Okay, fine. Enjoy spending two, three, four days in jail every 30 days. So I just need to walk in there with a flag? Beg your pardon? I just need to walk in there with my own flag. No, it's just... It's just who is representing you. You walk in there like just representing yourself. Oh, I I, I belong to my creator. Yeah, wait, wait. You don't recognize that crap. Go in the can. I hold you indefinitely. Well, but if you're but telling it, them you're it, you're not a U.S. citizen, but you are an American national, then what else do they need to know? You're you're American national, or you're a Texian national, or you're a Illinoisan, whatever you are. Well, that's not good enough. Well, here's, the, well, here's the problem. Whoever is in Texas or Illinois, as far as being a Texas national or Illinois national, those those offices are vacant. They're empty. It's been taken over by the corporation. Oh, not in Texas. Texas Republic has... um, I was asking if I... I, um, You know, claim the nationality with the Texas Republic of of Texas. That would be what they're looking for. Uh... Do you have a link where you can become just a Texas national? Yeah, I've actually been talking with a gentleman from the Republic of Texas. And um, it's www.texasrepublic.com.info. The de jure Republic of Texas, one nation under Almighty God's law. Geographical and jurisdictional boundaries shows it goes all the way up to, like, Parts of Utah, Colorado, New Mexico. It's the original Texas boundaries. And there's they do have a standing government. They have a monthly meeting. They have an ID card. Um, no, I've, got, I've got friends in I've got friends on Colorado that try to do the same thing in their own jail right now. Well then, how you know? How does anybody because, know the difference in what's legitimate, what's not? How do we know? Because it's accepted internationally. The Hague has recognized it. Well, they said that they have uh, international recognition. I don't know where you can verify that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the question you have to ask them. Where their recognition is at. Um, now, for the government of States of America, you can go to. Uh, the Great Registry, and the link actually Rance posted in, in the uh, chat here. You can go there, and you can go to the Great Registry and find that. 
I'm sorry. Actually, believe it or again, not. What registry? Say that again. The great registry at the government of the United States of America. Oh, the registry at the government. And actually, believe it or not, the bar has even acknowledged it, which is perfect. It's acknowledged. Um, United States of America? That this is that this is the government, yeah. Yeah, but how do we know who's actually in those offices? I mean, there's lots of groups out there claiming that. That they've well, they're repopulating I, I, the original eighteen seventy one or whatever it is. Right, well, uh, most of them haven't done what needs to be done. Number one, you need to clean the meets and bounds of the US. For instance, yeah, you're never going to see a wall, a wall on the border of freaking Mexico because no freaking meets and bounds has ever been declared by U.S. Inc. So you're never going to see a wall. That's just going to be an argument that goes on forever. The reason why is because they can't do it. <laughs> and if, if you want, Come over to freaking United States of America and because it's all freaking everything is all international. People don't understand that. Uh the link is there in the chat. You can go in and check it all out. You can go to the registry, look at all the documents. Uh we've gotten people out of jail. Uh, we've gotten people of freaking DUI freaking court cases. I mean, <laughs> but you got to be a member of this country. You got to be a member of the what people thought was the original republic. You have to be a member of that. And one of the things that turned me on to the United States of America was that. I saw all these other organizations that were being attacked by the de facto, and these guys are never attacked. These guys are left alone because they've got all their freaking ducks in a row. All right, nothing more to that, I guess. Um, we've been on for two hours now. You know, I I try and explain to everybody, it all comes down to some very basic, simple things. And that is, you have to learn who you are, where you really are, and who you really are. You got to ask those questions and find out the answers. Hey, Ron, uh, if I may. That's what it's good for. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's uh, Russell from Texas. I called a few weeks ago. What's up, I'm the guy with the uh, I'm the guy with uh, passport USA passport. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the uh, 
the young lady who just called a minute ago about <clears throat> about what to do about you know I guess uh, identifying with this or identifying with that. Um, you know, I've, I've seen it all too. I mean, you know, there's several you know uh, you know organizations claiming this or that, and you know some here in Texas uh, have gotten in trouble as well. You know, in fact, uh, I know a group. Uh, it was in the paper. Uh, maybe four years ago about a group of, you know, really uh, older people, you know, uh, retired people, you know, what you would consider your grandfather and grandmother. They had a group of those folks that were having meetings and were talking about, you know, uh, Republic of Texas this and that. And, uh, you know, they got infiltrated and, uh, you know, they got raided by, you know, the FBI with a SWAT team and all that. And, and they got their computers confiscated and were thrown in jail, and they made a, made a big spectacle of it. So, you know, um, you know, I would just kind of say the same thing that this woman a minute ago said is, uh, you know, uh, I, I just went straight for uh, what the, um, you know, the State Department, you know, the United, the United States of America State Department, Department of State, um, you know, they issue passports and both statuses of a state citizen and, you know, the, the citizen of the United States being the 14th Amendment citizen. It's up to you to know how to do it. So I would encourage her to go to maybe somebody like Christopher Gronsky at Destination Freedom. Uh, you know, you can search for that online or on YouTube and uh, Gronsky can help her uh, get a passport. I haven't had an issue with it. I've had mine... Uh, It'll be uh, three years shortly, and uh, I really haven't had an issue. They recognize it, and, uh, you know, it's from that United States of America Department of State. So it's not, you know, uh, it isn't me getting together with a group of 12 guys and saying, hey, we developed our own nation over here. You know, come and join us, and we'll give you our own stuff, you know, our own IDs and stuff. So, you know, they don't really recognize that you're not in their system as uh, being recognized, whereas, you know, I've seen evidence that I am, you know, and, uh, you, know, I've, you know, I've seen that, and other people, uh, I have seen that as well. So, you know, I would recommend that, uh, you know, going with, you know, I've got a passport book, a USA passport book and a card, and I did it differently than most people would do it uh, who don't know what they're doing, you know, the DS-11 is one tricky document. You know, you don't want to do that alone. You know, you know, get somebody who knows what they're doing and, uh, and, and do that. And, and it's a lawful status uh, that is still recognized by the courts going up. I've seen court cases from uh, pre-Civil War all the way to 1993 uh, that recognize the state citizen. Uh, and I've even seen one about banking recently. And it recognized the uh, primary state citizenship is what it called it, you know, the primary state citizenship, you know, as opposed to the federal citizen. So, you know, I just find this stuff, you know, every once in a while I find something new and I'm kind of amazed by it. So I would encourage her to do that instead of doing her own thing or joining a group of a dozen or two dozen or however many guys that do their do their own thing and you know me and 12 guys can get together and do our own meets and bounds survey and do this and do that it doesn't mean that you know mm -hmm. it'll be recognized uh by anybody and 
you know, if you do... Uh, well, well, these these beats and bones have been recognized internationally. They're recognized. They're recognized by everybody. Uh, so, but no, I, I do agree with what Gronsky's doing and and with uh, his advocates is doing some interesting stuff, too. Well, uh, his advocates, uh, Kelby got his passport from Gronsky. Yeah, so he, yeah I know exactly he, where... I, I know exactly. Looking at his info, I know where he got it from. He got it from yeah. Gronsky. I know that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so I recommend I, I, I recommend him and... Uh, uh, excuse me, go ahead. No, I'm just saying no. That I, I totally agree with you. Uh, because I know where he got his stuff from. From looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Gronsky, God, I looked at him a long time ago. And he really had stuff nailed down. And... Uh, his advocates, Kelly Smith, he's gone a slightly different direction, which I don't agree with, but I, I do totally agree with what uh, Christopher Gronsky's done. And, but uh, I also totally agree what, with what we've done in this government for the United States of America and the way it's set up and, and moving the legal person from one jurisdiction to another. Yeah, you know, and one of the reasons why I like your calls, you know, your calls, you have a you have a wide variety of people who have different ideas, you know, and everybody kind of comes together and they're very polite, you know, and uh, you know, you have a, a good format which I appreciate. So, you know, I'm a little bit different and I'm more of a Gronskyite and uh, you know, I've been studying this stuff for uh about 8 years and uh, you know, um I love I love uh my state of the union, I love America. Uh, I like our former government. Sometimes the agents get off track, you know, and uh, and you might have an issue with the agents who aren't educated on these topics. But you know, the government is there, and uh, you know, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a status that you know it's. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you stories. I could come on and tell you stories for days, you know, and you'd be laughing, you know, about it. But you know, it's something I deal with every day, like. Uh, I put my car in the shop, you know, uh, you get some work on it, and uh, I pulled in to the dealership, and uh, some young, you know, 25-year-old woman probably, you know, she gets out with her little iPad, you know, computer, and, uh, you know, she's, she's taking down the information uh, before I even get out of, the, of, the, of my uh, automobile. And, uh, and she goes, uh, well, somebody stole your plates. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, somebody stole your license plates. Oh, oh, and your registration sticker is gone. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, no, no. I said, uh, you know, I don't need any of that stuff. And she goes, well, what do you mean you don't need any of that stuff? She goes, you know, you know, you're a driver. You know, you have to have that stuff. And I said, well, you know, I don't have a license. And, you know, if you don't have a license, you don't need a plate and a sticker you know, and she goes, well, what do you mean you don't have a license? You know, you know you're a driver. You must have a license. I said, well, yeah, I agree. I said, all drivers must have a license, but I'm not a driver. You know, and I, I said, are, are you trying to give me a ticket? I said, I'm going to need to see your badge and your badge number right now. And, and she looks at me <laughs> and she goes, uh, no, no. And I, I said, yeah, you know, you're hassling me. I said, I came in here for, uh, you know, some service on my automobile and you're acting like a cop. You know, are you going to give me a ticket or not? And she says, well, no. And I said, well, then check me in. You know, so she checked me in, and she was baffled. 
And, uh, you know, so I get that a lot. Well, yeah, they want to turn you automatically over into a commercial entity. Well, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, referencing the fact that, you know, when you live this way, when you're kind of out of the system and you're living, you know, as a state citizen who doesn't have all these contracts, uh, you know, I, I haven't used a social security number in a long time. You know, I don't need it. Uh, I've sold a home without it. I'm going to buy a home without it. Uh, I've done things without it that most people told me I couldn't do, and I just do it on the fly. You know, I, I just use my knowledge, and, and, you know, I figure it out when I get there. You know, and I've I've survived. And oh, I know people. Go ahead. You know what? That that reminds me of something I wanted to bring up. Uh, what's your name again? Russell. What's your first name. Russell. Russell. You know what, Russell? This this yeah, Russell. This is one of the things that I I I meant to bring up much earlier, and I didn't bring up is that so many people come to me or message me, and they're like. Well, you do this and this and that. Well, what happens? And I'm like, what do you mean what happens? It's like they expect somebody to come knock on your door and put a ribbon on your neck or put a badge on you. Oh, you made it. You're out. You're out now. You know um, I mean? No, that's, that ain't going to happen. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not the way it works. The way it works is <laughs> silence. The way it works is silence because everybody's problem is that they're getting hassled left and right by all of these people, okay? Well, guess what? The opposite of that is not getting hassled. That is your badge. That is that ribbon around your neck that, hey, they're going to leave you alone now. It's quiet time because you're not at war with them, so they're not going to be at war with you. Uh, and just, just just to expound on that, I mean, I, I respect the job that these guys do, you know, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, uh, police, sheriff, constable, you know, whatever. I respect what they do. I wouldn't want to do that job. It's dangerous. You know, the last thing I'm ever going to do is is uh, disrespect those guys. I show I show respect to them. You know, um, you know, I, I'm I'm a diplomat when I'm out there, and uh, I treat everybody with respect. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I can quote uh, the transportation code, uh, any kind of law that they're bound by, and it doesn't mean I'm bound by it. It just means I know what their job is and what they're allowed to do and not do, and I'm not afraid to tell them in a very nice diplomatic way, you know, and uh, I really haven't had to uh, in a long time. Oh, uh, they, just, they just leave me alone. Russell, <clears throat> during Hurricane Irma here, um, the night after Hurricane Irma hit, the next night, uh, it was about, it, well, not about, I can tell you, it was 1230 in the morning, okay, and there was somebody at the door calling for me, shining a flashlight in, and I'm like, what the hell is this, and I got up on the bed and, and looked out, and I'm like, what do you want? And the dude's like, I'm looking for Brian Parker. And I was like, well, number one, get that lay out of my eyes. Put your flashlight down. And I said, what do you want? <laughs> he says, well, I'm just, I was just told to come here and look for Brian Parker. And I said, well, I go by the name of Brian Parker sometimes. What do you want? 
He says, well, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. Do you see I'm okay? He said, yep. I said, you're okay. I said, all right. So then I went back and I contacted somebody in our government. And I said, what what the hell is up with this? He said, he's checking on you. Well, let, let me add to that. After he left the door, I went outside to look and see what he was doing. He wasn't going door to door. He got back in the sheriff's car and he left. He left the street. Drove down the street and left. He came specifically to my door to check on me. Wow. That 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 blew my mind. I was like, what the hell? That, that, that's why I kind of contacted somebody in our government and said, uh, this just happened to me. Can you explain this to me? I said, yeah. But they're taking care of the people and they're robots. Anyway. I shut this call down shortly here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just that, wondered, that, really, uh, I that really blew my mind. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I'm done. Oh, I, I just wanted to respond to that uh, young lady uh, who was trying to figure everything out. And uh, I try to steer everybody, you know, as a way to get your status changed uh everybody you know anybody can change their status in their own mind or join a, a group that nobody knows about and, and you all believe the same thing uh it doesn't mean uh the district of columbia is going to recognize that okay uh but if you go get a passport a usa passport uh through the department of state uh and you do it the right way you're going to get recognized within their system Okay, so it's not me and Brian and a couple other guys' system that they're not going to recognize. You know, you're getting recognized within their system, and that's well, a big I've difference. I've attempted that. I'm still here. I'm hearing you. I've attempted that, and they sent it back to me stating that it required a social security number. Mm-hmm. So I've sent yeah. did you, did someone you, Did you have anybody you help can, you? Yes. Yes. I had 10 pages of explanatory statements, and I had, you know, everything – Filled out exactly correct, but they kept sending it back. And what happened was when I took it to the post office and the guy, you know, received my application, I wasn't thinking when he said, well, I need to see your ID, and he took my driver's license. He took a copy of my driver's license, and he included it in my application, which that should be fraud. I mean, you shouldn't be able to add something to my application, but that's what he did. Well, you give it to him. Well, I didn't know. He's like, can I just see your ID? I gave it to him. I didn't know he was going to take a copy of it and add it to my application. But when he did that, it showed them that, well, you've got a driver's license, you must have a social security number. So now they sent me two letters saying, well, we need, we need your social security number or we need you to swear under perjury that you've never received one. So I just let the whole thing expire. I lost all the money and all the time and it's been two years okay. now. And I've, and, and I've been ready to do another one. And I've been going by this Copper Mills website. I don't know if you know about them. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. But he said uh. to go ahead and <laughs> fill it out with, with your Social Security number because it's not going to matter. 
But if well, you've got a well, better way um, than measure music yeah, uh, right now. <laughs> and, and, and and what is your name? Lisa. Lisa, Lisa, I'm Russell. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I, I failed the first time I did a passport because I studied myself and I knew the law. I studied it backwards and forwards uh, for about a year and a half. And, uh, you know, and uh, when I got in there, uh, you know, I failed. You know, I, it took me seven months and, and uh, you know, it finally, you know, expired and I got the letter, uh, uh, please uh, try again, you know. Uh, you yeah. know, pay your fee and try again. I got that whole letter after like seven months. So I've been in your shoes. And, and then when I met Gronsky, um, he's like, well, you know, you had good information. You didn't know the procedures, okay? You fell on the procedures. And Brian talked about this. You can have all the knowledge in the world mm -hmm. and you can fail on a procedure, okay? We all mm -hmm. know about procedures. So uh, when you go through that system, uh, copper moonshine still uh, has some some pretty serious errors in his you know I've read it I know people everybody who has done that has failed and uh, when I talk to them I've mm -hmm. talked to maybe a, about a dozen people who have done that and when they started using it they failed and mm -hmm. basically the reason why is uh, you know they they didn't uh, alter the oath uh, they just you know they they didn't specify uh, what nationality or citizen they were. Uh, and and they didn't uh, correct the oath. If you don't correct the oath, you're dead. And I don't care what you do, you're dead. Okay, it's over. Just get out and try again. Buy again, try again. So huh. you know they that's what I'm put, saying they is they, they, you know they didn't put an affidavit with it. Hmm? They didn't put a correct affidavit with it. Yeah. So the explanatory statement uh, needs to be there. It needs to correct the oath. You've got to claim. The right status. I mean, most of those guys claim they're a. I, I claimed myself as, as an Illinoisan and all that stuff, and I think everything was right about my first application, except for the stupid driver's license that the guy added. Well, well, you know what? You know what? I mean, uh, I the vast know. majority of people that I know that that have a passport and it works have a driver's license included with it, including me at the time. Uh, I had gotten rid of everything, and the only thing I had was a driver's license but but you know when we did the explanatory statement you, you make statements in there regarding that and as soon as i got the passport uh i would say within a couple of months afterwards uh i rescinded and terminated the driver's license at that point and i haven't had one in several years so and well, i've never I had a have sent them my social security card number and they would have given me the correct passport maybe i just was okay that they weren't, weren't going to i mean it's does having a social security number null and void it? Okay, so uh, that, that, you know that that's a very good question. And when I did mine several years ago, uh, I didn't use the social security number, and everybody uh, that I know uh, that I study with didn't use the number. But that law was changed, I, I believe, at the end of of uh, 2016, and it kind of took effect the first part of 2017, and then everybody was failing out. You know, they, they failed because they didn't yeah, provide the number. Yeah, the law, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's a stupid, yeah, well, it, it, has, it has, has to do with a, a transportation bill, the FAST Act, and what they're saying is uh, Congress was trying to fund uh, building new transportation highways and and uh, infrastructure and things like that. So they needed funding, and what, what the Congress did is they said, well, in order to fund it, you know, we're going to try to collect on all the delinquent taxpayers. So if you're a delinquent taxpayer, uh, we are going to opt to 
uh, and I think the, the limit was like 50,000. So if you're over 50,000, we can deny you a passport, or if you get over that amount, we can, we can uh, recall your passport and take it away from you and that kind of thing. And it was for the funding of this transportation bill in the FAST Act. And so, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about that and said, you know, that wasn't valid and they, they didn't have a right to do that, blah, blah, blah. You know, to make a long story short, it's an easy oh, no, way. No, no, you're, you're correct. It, it was the FAST Act. And it was a $20,000 bill. That's what it was. It was a $20,000 bill. And, yeah, you have to freaking admit yourself from that situation. Yeah, so what I'm, trying to, what, what I'm trying to tell Lisa is I do know that Gronsky is helping people right now, and they're getting passports. And, yeah, I'm on the page, and, and he wants $1,000 for, for his help, and I, I can't do that. I can't pay somebody $1,000 to show me how to fill out a form that I should you know, be able to just fill out. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's a little more than that. It's You know, he, he's doing classes now, and uh, – you know, he's walking people hand in hand through the finish line because, you know, a few years back it, it was half that, but it wasn't nearly as in-depth as what he's doing now because he has to adapt to what he's doing to what is going on, um, you know, with these uh, new parameters. And uh, so in other words, you know, in other words, yes, uh, you know, he has helped people get passports and he's adapting the explanatory statement <clears throat> to go over that social security uh request and uh you know if you if you provide it there's some disclaimers and some verbiage in there uh regarding that and and the passports are still issued and then when you get the passport you request the uh uh the certified evidence back from the department of state which is what you really want and you can get the original explanatory statement and he's still not putting the number on the application you know he's still you know putting the dashes there and uh you know and then when they reply back you know you must give us a number he replies back with a good response and rebuttal of that response and then he does a separate uh one page uh affidavit and uh you know uh, when yeah, you get I the evidence responded and i showed him how it was a felony for them to even ask for the social security number and they didn't care they sent that right back to me okay i, I wouldn't go there uh, that, that that was a very very uh, stupid move by that that man that you talked about that website the copper moonshine whatever that, that that's ridiculous. well i didn't i didn't try to do his way i just i was just saying that was the next one that i yeah. saw where well, he's yeah. saying to go ahead <clears throat> and give them your social security number you're not going to get anywhere you're not going to well, get anywhere right. using that tactic uh, that's just not the way you do it uh, you know, you have to do it diplomatically and do it with facts and stay out of the, oh, I'm going to charge you with a felony or this or that, well, or you committed a crime. Pointing out the statute that they were basically, I mean, that, yeah. that they can't, they cannot lawfully ask you for a social security number. You're just pointing out the statute. Oh, oh, oh they can. Uh, they can and they will. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they, they can and they will. You have to have a proper rebuttal. And, uh, well, you know, it isn't, it isn't, <laughs> that's the rebuttal. No, no, that is not a proper rebuttal. No, and this it, is why you don't have a passport. You, you, have to know, you have to know the statute and everything to rebut it. No, I'm just, I'm just trying to help Lisa out. I mean, Lisa has the attitude of most people who don't know the procedures and you start 
throwing out these, oh, you're unlawful, you know, it's unlawful, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're committing oh, a crime. Yeah, no, I've, no, heard, I, I've heard all kinds no, of things. No. And I, no, I know that, but even though it's unlawful, you have to freaking lay out the freaking statute and stuff that makes it unlawful. Otherwise, that doesn't mean shit. Yeah, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, the, the whole attitude, you know, I've, I've seen dozens of people who contacted me who failed and I've, I've read their paperwork and I'm like, man, I would never submit this. I mean, you know, it, well, it, it, it's, it's borderline. Paperwork, okay. It was just pointing out the fact in the explanatory statement that, you know, this is the required information. This is information that is not required. And this is why here's the statute that shows it's a felony to even require this. So, you know, here's again, my explanatory statement. And here's again, my application. And they just came right back and asked me for the social security number again. So yeah. even though they know they're breaking well, the law, they don't care what you say. It's, it's uh, kind of yeah, and I'm just, I'm just trying to explain to you, uh, there, there's a way to do it correctly uh, via procedure. And then there's a way okay. that you can just do it on your own. And uh, I think probably nine out of 10 or more people are going to fail, including myself. Well, I, guess that I, I had someone helping me who had, who had success for his whole family. With the paperwork that I had, oh, but the postal workers put my driver's license in with my application. Okay. He messed up my application. Let me add some. Let me add, let me add some of this. <laughs> um, I can only have the call going on for two hours and thirty minutes. Okay, I've got to close it out. Okay. But you guys can keep talking. You guys can keep talking, and I'll be here so I can listen. All right. Well, if I if I would just maybe like maybe get your email, and um, so you can kind of clarify. Oh, my email is available. It's available Parker. at my freaking Facebook page, Brian Parker. I've got Brian. Yeah, Brian. I've got yeah. you on my you're on my Facebook page. I'm yeah. just asking Russell if he maybe has an email address. Uh, I'm I'm private. Uh, I you know I don't publicize anything or get or get my give my name out. You know, I you know I'm private pretty much, so you know. Um, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Hey guys, let me freaking end this, and uh, okay. you can keep talking. All right. Okay. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.